Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. Sean, it's great to be here, and I tell you, um, this is going to be a fun episode because yes, we've been is. wanting to do this. We added this third episode because people have always had a lot of questions about life, about Fox, about uh, marriage and kids and schedules, and uh, so we said, listen, send us your questions, and we got some great questions, some like basic stuff, some deep stuff. Let's just get right to it. Yeah, so here's the deal, though. As we do this, Rachel went through the questions. Mm-hmm. So she's seen them. I have not seen the questions yet. So she's probably had a chance to think about that. I haven't because there's so many. I literally like saw them and I would just like screenshot the questions that I thought were good. So anyway, let's let's get to it. So some of the first questions we got were about and I thought it would be good to get these out of the some of these out of the way. You know, our episode on dating and how to find love and Mm -hmm. what to do. Um, because we think that's the most important thing in life is finding love and everything else will work itself out. And we think that dating apps and using tech and all that stuff is actually hindering people's ability to do that. So people love that episode. It went viral, but they had more questions. So I thought we could address some of those okay. and then some love questions and then get to it. Okay, so when should you introduce your date to your family and when did you end up meeting each other's families families that's interesting that's a good question it's a good question so you brought me so first of all let's address when you should do it i mean i think getting to know i i wish i had met your family earlier than i did and i bet you probably wish you had met my family earlier i think it's a great insight into who that person is and i i think it's it's very instructive to meet the family and i ended up sean sean tricked me Let's just say this. I did trick her. Sean tricked me. So he he knew that if he was going to marry me, he wanted to be in Wisconsin. I did. I love Wisconsin. I I didn't know much about Wisconsin at all. And Sean did a very sneaky thing, and he brought me to Wisconsin in August to his parents' cabin by the lake. Have you ever seen um, on Golden Pond, you know, these idyllic, you know, white families that live on lakes? (laughs) That was it. <laughs> I'd never experienced that before. And they have this beautiful family of, you know, he has, a lot of people don't realize, Sean has 10 brothers and sisters. He's number 10 in 11 
people. And so I went out on this beautiful weekend and I met all of his family. I think one of your sisters was getting married. Yes. It was like a, it was a second marriage, so it was like kind of a really low key thing, but it was really beautiful. And um, I think your dad officiated that second marriage, if I recall correctly. You have I can't a great remember. Memory. I don't know. I know. And uh, but anyway, I went. I got to see this little town for the first time, and I got to meet your parents. We all went to the cabin and hung out for the day. And I just thought I was fascinated. I was fascinated. I thought I had a big family because I have three brothers, two brothers and one sister. There's four of us. I'd never seen anything like it. Um, Everyone goes to the coffee shop um, at least once or twice a week, and they all meet there. And your mom keeps her own coffee cup at the coffee shop. And it just was like it was a throwback to another era. Um, I got to, to, to meet his family and, get, and, and understand where you came from, and I thought that was really instructive for me. It made me um, a lot more interested in you. Yeah, and, and I think yeah, you got to know who I am, where I'm from, um, who my family is. And by the way, just to, to go back to the lake – you thought that's kind of Wisconsin until you came. We got yeah, married. that was the trick. And he brought me in August, and it wasn't until after we were married that I experienced, you know, 20 below. January in Wisconsin, which is especially for my girl from Wisconsin. So, Oh, a girl from Arizona. girl from Arizona. So, But he, to, to get to the question, I'll talk about meeting your family as well, but I think if you think that you are in a place where this could actually go somewhere, you this is someone that you actually could marry, right? If you're at that phase, you're thinking about that, I think it's important to go, hey, I want to I want to meet your family. You should meet mine. But if you don't think you're going to be with this person, you know, bringing, you know, loads of boyfriends or girlfriends home to meet your parents, I think that's exhausting. I'm a parent myself. Yeah, I, don't, exa- exa- don't exhaust me. <laughs> don't make me go through Better that process. Better be serious. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you're serious, and it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to end up in marriage. Right. But if you're in I your mind, you are there, like this could be real, bring them home and don't wait. Bring yes. them home as soon as you can. I, I agree with that. I agree that it should be serious. And by the way, if the person that you are starting to feel serious about doesn't want you to meet their family, could be a red flag. It could be because you the 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 the, the person that you're thinking about marrying, um, a lot of their traits, a lot of their idiosyncratic behavior comes from their parents. A lot of the wonderful qualities. But also the dysfunctional qualities will come from their family. And so yeah. actually, and we all have those. Yeah, every um, family is dysfunctional. So, But like, you want to kind of see how, how deep those dysfunctions really go. Um, and well, what, about, what about somebody who is a great person, you know, has, has somehow overcome, you know, maybe some really awful things in their family. And they are, so th- that, this is an interesting thing because... They may not want you to meet their family because they don't want you to judge them by by their family. But meeting their family is getting to know them as well. That's yeah. part of opening up and are you willing to share? And I think what's important is... are you is, willing to accept all the, the good and the bad? Yeah, and I think, I mean, some people might go, hey, listen, I have some, you know, dysfunction in my family. But if you can talk about it and go, listen, I, I get this is here. I've been working on trying to do it a little bit differently. You're going to probably see this with my family. I recognize it and, you know, I, I want to try to do things a little bit differently. That can be a, a positive as well. But I think most families are great. Most families are wonderful. And to, to see where someone comes from, um, I think, will bring the two of you closer together. Or actually, it might actually drive you further apart. But usually, it'll bring you closer together. And it's sharing this this part of your life. That this sharing person, the good, the bad. Because well, you can't hide sharing, your family forever you're anyway. You're sharing the childhood. You're, you sharing, you're sharing the adolescence. You're sharing your yeah. upbringing. Which these people are so 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 such a big part of, and all I mean, I also think 
your, your parents might know you in a certain sense and your boyfriend or girlfriend might know you in a different sense. Yeah. It's kind of interesting to meld those two worlds together, mm-hmm. right? So I think as soon as you For think For me, it's real, going to your town and because exp- I had never experienced like that kind of, I mean, it really is a throwback. It's really a wonderful place, Hayward, Wisconsin. And it was a, it, it, it really explained, it filled in a lot of the gaps and things about you and why you really, it was so, when we were dating, I could tell you really wanted to be in Wisconsin. And I've kind of lived all over the world because my dad was in the military. So I, I'm from Arizona, but I never felt like I have to live in Arizona. But when I went to your town and realized just how deep those roots are, it made sense to me. And I, it, it allowed me in some way to start to begin to wrap my head around the fact that if I do end up with this guy, there's going to be a lot of pressure to, to be near this state, right. to be near this town and be near his family because his family, most of the family still lives in that town. And what I know with, with your family, they, family is important, right? So they yeah. all weren't in one town like my family was, yeah. but, but, but it's very evident and obvious that your mom and dad believe that family is important. Your yeah. siblings believe that family is important. Your mom's an immigrant. Um, your dad's Mexican American. Listen, th- by the way, this is not my background, right? I don't. I, this is. I, I'm come from Northern Wisconsin, so it, it, I, it, I it, t- it took some getting used yes. to. But I really, I really enjoy your family. Yeah. We spent Christmas at your parents' house. We spent a lot of holidays mm-hmm. with your mom and dad. Your mom and dad have come and stayed with us at mm-hmm. our house. I really enjoy them. I like mm-hmm. your brothers and sisters. Yeah. Um, but it's just I wasn't used to that, um, and it was good to see that side of you. Um, that I when I met yeah. you, I never saw that. We were like partying in L.A. and right. like we didn't, you didn't know that side of me, and you know it, it. It was an interesting thing that both of us care about family, but it comes in different ways because my family was a military family. My siblings all lived in different places, but we all call each other. Like my mom and my sister and I, we call each other. I mean, just before the podcast, I was on the phone on a right. three-way call with my sister and my mom. I mean, we call each other. Not just every day, multiple times a day, which is a very Hispanic thing to do, um, especially among the women in the family. They're very connected. No matter where they are, they call each other all the time. And so you probably were able to pick that up quickly. Well, because when I was when I, before I met your parents, you were calling your mom all the time, yeah. and I was with you anyway. So it was all and very actually one of the questions that somebody asked was, "What do you fight about?" And one of the first like big fights we would get into was, I would go to visit my family. We were living in Wisconsin as a married couple, and I would go to Arizona to visit my family. And then I would come home, and he would pick me up from the airport, which was two and a half hours away from this little town we lived in. And as soon as I would get in the car, because my mom would say, you have to call me as soon as you get in. And I would call my mom, and then I, my mom would, and I would just keep talking. And Sean oh would get so, so mad. Like, He's like, I drove two and a half hours. I haven't seen you for so many days. Sometimes it could be a couple weeks since I stayed there. And you would say, you're calling your mom. You were just with her. I just came to pick you up. You haven't seen me. You and haven't now you're seen on the phone me. And I'm like, it's oh, my mom. I have to call my mom. <laughs> wildly offended at that. And I'm <laughs> like, listen, I'm like, call, call your mom. I don't care. But if, when I haven't seen you for a week yeah. and you've been with your mom, yeah. don't get in the car with me and call your mom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what That's the hell is going Latino. on here? Yeah. So <laughs> we've, right. we've remedied that since then. We'll have more of this conversation after this. 
Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. All right. So let me go to some other questions that I got here that were so good about about relationships. So again, what do you guys fight about? Um, what do we fight about? Um, you know, I would say that when we were married in the earlier years and money was really tight, we did argue a lot more about money. Um and so can, I, can, I, can I explain the yeah, fight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I so, thought he was being cheap. So here's the problem. I didn't have any money, right? <laughs> and so Rachel would be like, because listen, I was, I, I had a, a kid then too, and I was, I worked at my dad's four, law, law office, then I was a, a state prosecutor, and I kept having kids. And, and so Rachel was Times like, we want to do this, or we want to get that. And I'd be like, no. And she'd be like, I can't believe you won't let us do this or get that. You are so cheap. And I'm like, I'm not cheap. We just don't have the money <laughs> to get the stuff. And if we put it on the credit card, we're going to have to pay it back. And that means we're going to have less money in the future. Yeah. And so am I cheap? No. No, I'm not it, cheap. Once we had money, he's never going to And he brings that up a lot. It's actually, a, it, it was a really great lesson to me. I'm quite generous. I, uh, but it's just when you don't have it. But it's, I think that's important for couples to go, where are you both coming from? Yeah, you never question what I buy anymore. But that's because we have money. So... I guess the answer is if you don't want to fight about money, get some money. <laughs> That's not easy. And, but, but here was For the problem. years, here, we didn't. So here was the problem also. So I would I would say, <laughs> we don't have money. She would say, let's get this. And then I would say, well, let's look at the budget. I'll show you how much money comes in, where it's going. And she wouldn't look at it. Well, so, I would, and then I would fall, fall asleep. asleep. Right. So Which looking, means she doesn't work at it. Look looking at, it. at the budget, it's literally, I know we're going to start fighting about it. <laughs> literally, I don't know what happens to me. As soon as we talk about finances it's like i've just taken 10 sleeping pills and i just get drowsy so now sean will say okay i'm only going to talk about it for one minute or two minutes we got two, two minutes, minutes. Stay awake. you have to stay awake for these two minutes i have to explain something that's happening in the finances that we need to work on no whatever but, however if i have to listen to the housewives i have to be alert and attentive <laughs> and pay attention something which is more boring about than finances. the real housewives yeah. yes um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is about finances. Listen, I will say this. Um, one, it's true. Once we had enough money, you, no, it's true. You're not cheap. You're very generous. It's just, uh, you didn't. Okay. The, the second thing I was going to say is I fully, and my mother would be on your side about this, that I am fully like 1950s wise when it comes to the finances. I don't want to know about it. If there's not enough money, just go make more honey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to hear about it. I don't want to. And I make money. I make money. And and then that would make me mad. I'd be like, make money. And then I make money. Just make it all happen. I make money. You make money. Let's just make it happen. But here was the problem with that. So the money that that I made was our money. 
and the money that she made, she thought was her money. I'm like, how does that, that's not the way this works. It's that's like, not true. It all goes into money. the same pot. But so can I? I don't. I don't know. We didn't talk about this before. The I, podcast, know. So I don't know what we can and can't talk about. So no, one no, of the no, no, one of the first fights we had is so Rachel, um, dur- from a, a certain set of cir- circumstances, had a little bit of, of of money and she bought herself a car. It was a little. I had like a little fund. Little white cabriolet, um, Volkswagen convertible. Cute little cheeky California car. I always a car, a convertible, because I, my, my childhood hero is Nancy Drew. Or I always wanted to be Nancy Drew. And so I don't think it's a coincidence that I, my first car w- that I bought was a convertible because I was always so enamored by her. I thought she was so brave and amazing. And it was a great, it was a great I to be Nancy Drew. car for Southern California. Probably not the most practical when you move to Wisconsin with me. No. And I think did I have a, did I have the white Ford Taurus or a Con Concorde, whatever those were called? I it was I did not have a cool car. I was a very practical car, and I was doing a lot of travel when I was you know a, a young um, attorney. And so at one point I'm like, we should sell your car. We need the money. Nah. Oh, I I ran into a buzzsaw on that. They were like, heck no! Well, I'm because not I didn't want to have one car. I wanted to have freedom in my own. Well, if you were stuck at home, yeah, I was right? not. I, I was, was an at home mom at the time, and I'm yeah. like, I'm not gonna not have a car. Like hell but, no. But we and my mom, my mom backed me up on that. She was she like, did. no, you can't get rid of your car. You need freedom, girl. But we actually we kind of fought through that, and I yeah. relented. And then, the but end. here's the thing: eventually, we had so many kids that it really was impractical. And it was absolutely ridiculous to have a convertible cabrio in Wisconsin in 20 Below. And then one day I had to go to a dealership. It was all arranged for me. And I had to drive my cabrio. And then I drove off the lot with the minivan. And my life has never been the same. That, was that the minivan that we got? I don't yes, know. yes. I drove off with the minivan. I thought that was no, the, no, the Mitsubishi Montero. No, no, no the minivan. I, I, I was the minivan. We're never going to get through okay, these sorry. questions. We have to By the way, going. I love my minivan. The minivan with the sliding doors I was, was the damn was best depressed. vehicle. That's how uncool I am. Okay, so. Uh, okay, so we, we've totally. There's a couple more fights. That I know. There's maybe a in couple the future more. I'll tell you I don't a couple wanna, okay. more. That you know, here's an interesting one. They said, how is Valentina? Is she able to walk or talk? I have a sister with cerebral palsy. I love Valentina. So Valentina is a little over three and a half years old. And she, so she's delayed um, in how she has done things. But she walks. She runs. She's she, trying to talk. She's starting to say a few words. Yeah. She gets speech therapy and physical therapy yeah. and occupational therapy at school. She can say hi. Very well. She says hi very well. She's starting to say school. She can say, I think she says, she says dad. She says dad. She goes, yes. Yes. So she can, she's, she babbles a lot. She's trying to say stuff, but sometimes it's just not yeah. understandable. But she is a force of personality. Like she is, she is yeah. really engaged in our house and, and who's doing what. And she's, a, by the way, she has a really sweet personality. She's yes. really fun. She is. So she does some sign language too. So. She'll tell us when she wants to okay, eat. Okay, here's a question for you, Sean. I was talking about Valentina, but okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I thought I, 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 I heard the dog barking, and I'm like, oh, my God. I think that someone's here at the okay. door. So, anyway, I want to keep going. But, yes, Valentina. Doing well. I, I want to move through these. Okay. Sorry. Sean, would you consider a run for president of the United States or vice president? So, you, she did not vet these questions for me before <laughs> she asked them. Listen, I, I'm going to tell you what. I love my country, um, and I love politics. I really and I love I, every part of it. I love the campaign. Um, I love the service. I mean, I yeah, so as I've said this many times, when I left Congress, I I literally had to go to events that were scheduled when I, when I, when I announced I was leaving, 
and I would stand up and speak for 30 seconds, and I would actually start to bawl. I mean, I was really, like, You'd it was cry. the most embarrassing thing. I'm like, Ugh. and then I have to stop and walk away. I love, I love politics, and I think this kind of service in politics is so important. I love, I love being home with you and the kids. I missed a lot of that in Congress, and so I'm really happy with where I'm at. I have no plans, but this podcast and talking about, you know, questions that I didn't get vetted. One day, I mean, I, I, I don't think, I, I guess the door's not closed, right? For, for doing future things in, in politics. The yeah, I, I, yeah, I might get back involved in politics. I don't, and at what level, what way, I don't know. But I do, I do enjoy what I'm doing now. I could have run for governor of Wisconsin um, in the last cycle, and I, I just I chose not to. I think it's an, I, this goes back to the the theme that we always have. You got the most important job we have is raising our families um, and having a good relationship as a couple. Um, and politics really is a is a zap on your time with your family in the campaign, but also the service takes you away from your family. Um, and so we made a choice to go. Hey, we got to be together right now and. We'll see what comes around the corner. Sean always says, if you want to save America, save your family. Save your family. So, um, so that's where we're at. All right. So would you ever do a real-world reunion? Hold on a second. Would you run for office? I've always said when I'm a grandma, I'm, I might really consider that. So, I, you, I, I, so, so tell everyone who you look I like. I always here. say when I grew up, I'm going to be Marsha Blackburn. I'm going to, you know. Like I, I did. Listen, I love grandmas in Congress. Um, I'm obsessed with them. They all know it. All the grandmas in Congress on the Republican side know that I'm obsessed with them. I love them. I think that third act is something that, you know, didn't exist a few generations ago, but but women are healthier and um, able to, you know, uh, you know, do more in, in their latter well, years because of their because they're healthier. Yes, because the kids are grown. And I actually did a Fox and Friends segment where I went to the Capitol and met with all these and I was blown away I mean they're doing amazing things they have an amazing perspective um, a sense of history a sense of family um, uh, a, a sense of Service. where the country was yeah and where it's at that I think some of the newer members don't have and I, I admire them and one of these days in a different phase of my life when I'm a grandma I will definitely think about it um, because I love this country. Uh, but right now, that's not what God's calling me to do. I'm but tell I love one of my it. favorites is Virginia Fox. Ah, oh, Virginia Fox. I'm her. I can I just start she, her she fan club? She throws heat like no other, and oh. she doesn't give a damn. Yeah. I just she is an amazing human, and I love her. I want to be the president of her fan club. She is Virginia Fox is an amazing congresswoman from North Carolina. She's from North Carolina. If you don't know where you should. Yeah, if, check her out. Yeah, no one gives a better tour of the Capitol, by the way. This is true. Fox. Um, all right. So the next is who is your favorite child? Isn't that a funny question that to ask? So funny. You know, there's only one answer to that. I don't have a favorite child. Right? But you know what? Even Jesus had a favorite apostle. Remember John. So here's the deal. You can love all of your children equally, but at different phases, like I love four. Four years old is like, for me, the best. Four, five, six, seven. I love these ages so much because the children are very affectionate at that age. They're very, I don't know. There's just yeah. something about it. So I, I don't. And innocent. At different phases, different ones. Our favorites, and at different phases, some of them are my least favorite. Um, so I can just admit that. Well, the, <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't love them all equally, but and that's not the kids; that's the age. So, so the, yeah. the the late tweeny, teeny kind of stage Hard. is is challenging um, in lots of ways. 
Um, I don't know. It's, it's, they're, they're just more annoying, I think. But it, it is interesting that in the Bible, John is always referred to as the one that Jesus loved the most. Now, so. ho- however, not to be repeated right here, but our kids will tell us that Rachel has a favorite and they'll say that I have a favorite. Yeah. Right? And they'll call us out and I'm like, we're but not. But it changes. Like sometimes they're like, oh, of course, John Paul is your favorite. Or of course, Patrick is your favorite. Or of course, Lucia is your favorite. So depending on, they all think somebody else is the favorite. favorite. Which is a good thing. I'll tell you the one thing we all agree on. The family favorite is Valentina. Valentina. Everyone loves Valentina the most. So she can't talk back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. What was it like working with Barbara Walters? That was obviously for me. Um, with for Barbara Walters, uh, one. Uh, oh yeah, what was it like? You know what? It was a great honor. I always feel like in my career as a broadcaster. I always feel lucky that I've worked with closely with Maria Bartiromo and Barbara Walters. Those are um, two icons of the industry for women who broke all kinds of barriers. And yeah. I've always felt really blessed. I, I was as nervous getting to work with Barbara Walters for the first time as I was with Maria Bartiromo. Mm-hmm. I still, when Maria comes on the set, everyone knows that I'm like, uh, you know, a fangirl of of Maria Bartiromo and so everyone or sometimes there's a question of who's going to do the interview with Maria and the boys know that I'm obsessed with her and so Will and Pete will go Rachel will do it because they know I want to do the interviews with Maria Bartiromo so um, Barbara Walters um, was very elegant Um, she was also I think because she was older in age when I met her she was also very honest I think she was extremely perplexed by my life choices um, by the fact that I married you and to many and to a great extent I gave up my broadcasting potential that I had in my early 20s or my so late as, 20s as when I met her. As a young woman, instead of pursuing you know, TV, you moved to Wisconsin with me and we had a lot of kids. I pursued babies. And that was, that <laughs> was mind-blowing for Barbara. She, she would have never made that choice herself and was shocked that you were making it. Yeah. And in the end... I would argue it, it worked out pretty well for you. And I, by, by the way, I think it would have been really challenging for us had we moved to New York. And it, I just we did kind of talked about that. I think it would have been difficult, probably for me more. You'd have I, been I very think successful. it would have, our, our would have made our marriage a lot I more would have difficult. Been, yeah, I could I could be happy in 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 Hayward, Wisconsin, and raising babies because it, it, it and I was and I think it would have been harder for you at that age um, to move to New York and sort of follow what I was doing, whatever I was doing. But anyway, Barbara Walters was not shy about saying, why would you give up um, what she called a promising broadcasting career? <laughs> she said to my face as I was holding a baby. <laughs> and I said, look, Barbara, being a mom is the greatest job I ever had. That was, that was on air, actually. Um, and I admire her. I think she made a, a lot of choices, but just not the choices I would make. I, 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 I was more interested in having a family and a husband than I was in um, having a career to her at her heights. And the truth is she went to the top of her game. And I think it's really hard to have nine kids and um, a family and be at the top, top, top of your game at the level of Barbara Walters. Yeah. Um, I eventually found my way back into broadcasting after having a bunch of kids. 
um, uh, much later in life and wouldn't change a darn thing. So Rachel also met Florence Henderson, Mrs. Brady from the Brady Bunch. I worked with her. I got yeah. to do a show with Florence I never met Henderson. her, you, but you spent a week and did a show with her. I spent about eight or nine days with her like 24-7. Like it was a show that we were shooting like 26 episodes in the span of eight eight weeks at a spa. Um, pretty nice cushy job. It was amazing, except I had just had a baby. Um, so I was nursing. I had a five-week baby with me. Um, but it was incredible to meet her because um, I have to say I was I did that show with the Lifetime Network, and um, it was called Lifetime Television for Women. And I will t- I will give this network credit. Fox or Lifetime. 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 I will give. I, well, Fox has been great for me as a mom as well. Uh, but at that time, my first experience as you know, I had, I had my third child. I was she was only five weeks old. Um, they hired me for this job, knowing that I that I was about to have a baby when they when they offered me the job, and they made it so baby friendly for me to do that show. Um, they in my contract, what I could bring someone out to help care for the baby because Sean was at work at the time and taking care of the other children, and I had um, a, a sitter who came out with me, um, was with right. me. I was able to take breaks to nurse. They, they allowed me to be a nursing mom on set and made accommodations, even though they had a really tight schedule. But what I learned through doing that was I heard the stories from Florence Henderson, who is a, an amazing woman. Um, by the way, another hero of mine growing up, I think that's why I ha- ended up having so many kids. My favorite show was The Brady Bunch. Loved it. I loved her. I loved The Brady Bunch. I loved the whole family thing, and which is why I think I was so fascinated with your family uh, when I got to met your fa- family, this you know giant families. And they were not family friendly back in the 70s when she was shooting this show, late 60s and 70s. And she told me so many of the hardships that she had because she was a mom and she was playing a mom, but they didn't want her mom problems um, interfering with their schedules and so forth. So learned so much from from Florence Henderson, Carol Brady, and um, that was amazing uh, for me. Uh, okay, let me get to another one here for you, Sean. Okay, Questions. this is a good one. You both look amazing. What's your workout schedule? And th- I, this is a good one for Sean. Okay, so I grew up doing lumberjack shows, competitions. Because he's a better at working out than I am. And that's all I did, right? And so in the summer, I was buff and strong. And in the winter, I would kind of get a little softer. And But you could keep that muscle I, because I you were a young man. And then, I mean, going into Congress, I was still fit. And I'm going to get to where we are now. And then I had the con- the, the congressman slide, where I, <laughs> I didn't work. Is that out. the official name for it? I don't know, but I, that's what I call it. <laughs> and you, you put on twenty pounds, and I mean, it's just you, there's a lot of food. You'll have a glass of wine, you'll have a beer, and there's so you just put on weight. And like Paul Ryan worked out every day, every morning. I didn't have the Paul Ryan schedule or discipline, so I didn't work out. I got fat. Um, yeah. And I look back at pictures. I'm like, Rachel, why didn't you tell me I was putting I on tried. so much weight? And she's like, I did tell you. I told you. So here's what I've done. So about so about two years ago, um, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to get in shape before I'm 50. And so I started just doing the things that I knew from um, from high school. And then my daughter, my oldest daughter, Evita, works for the Federalist. Who's a highly disciplined girl. She like works this. out like a beast, um, her and her and her husband. So she's like... Do you want to really know how to work out, Dad? So basically, she was watching you work out, and she was judging, judging, and saying that is not going to work. So that's not going to have so, results. So she and her husband developed a, a workout plan for me, mm-hmm. which I was working out six days a week for probably an hour and twenty minutes a day, 
a lot. And, I, and by the way, it was nice to get the results of that. I didn't do cardio because I think men have to actually lift. And I wasn't doing legs. And they were uh, they, they were aghast that I wasn't doing legs. And the workout, I'm going too far mm-hmm. in this, I know. No, but that's okay. I love it. I love anyway, it. Um, on New Year's, Dan Bongino, I saw Dan Bongino on New Year's with Fox. Was it um, the New Year's show? Yeah. Or was, nope, it, it, was, or was it Fox Nation show? No, no. It was New Year's. It was. I was there. Okay. And he was like, I've got the best workout. I'm going to text it to you, which he texted it to me right then. He's like, I've perfected this where it's three days a week. Um, and it takes me about 45 to 50 minutes, and it's legs. We hit every category. I don't do four sets of everything. I only do two. I got to tell you so what. So it's, it's a super efficient, limited days, sh- efficient shorter time. shorter time. I spend less time and have better results with the Dan Bongino workout. Um, but, and, but so then with Rachel, we— I tried uh, to do the Dan— So he put—Dan put Paula on the Dan Bongino workout, and yep. Paula's doing great. Paula gave me the Dan Bongino workout, and I did it for like a minute, and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> so I gave up. <laughs> so Rachel does a lot of Peloton, right? She likes to get on the bike, but I, I love cardio. I think the older you get, you, I mean, listen, yeah, you, you, start, you start to lose muscle, and you have to, you have to, you have to work out um, by lifting. And so we've done a number of different exercises for Rachel, and she doesn't like it. She'll complain a little bit, and then she gets a little bit sore. And I'm like, the soreness is good because. You're tearing down and going to rebuild your muscle. Yeah. Um, so Rachel's I'm in the trying, process I'm of trying, I'm going trying. from cardio to trying weightlifting. Trying to add more weight. More weight. And we're going to get there. We're going to get there, but it's hard. I mean, I listen, cardiovascularly, when I go to the doctor, I have, you know, my heart. Everything is going really well. But I am, I am starting to lose muscle. I can see it. Can I tell you the difference between Sean and Rachel? So when it's my day to work out, it's like I will drop everything that I have to do, and I'm going to work out. Because yeah. otherwise, I just it doesn't work. You get you have to be committed to it. Rachel will say I have to work out, and she'll do everything possible before she works out, which means oftentimes she won't work out. And I've got to change the I'm mindset. I'm picking up. I'm cleaning. I'm this doing this. I'm returning calls. I'm writing, know, emptying the dishwasher. Um, but, but she does walk around in those days in her workout gear. And Sean will say. Just because you wear your workout clothes doesn't mean you're working doesn't out. Doesn't mean you're working out. <laughs> and she'll tell me to shut up. Um, okay, let's do uh, one more. Let's do one more. They want to know if we work out together. So you can answer do. that one. So, so occasionally um, we do. When when Rachel will get in sync um, with me, we do, we will work out together. But I come. I'm gonna tell you what I think for couples. Um, and especially if you can get your schedules in sync, you're both motivating for the other, and it's actually fun to work out together. You know, we have different, we're using different weights. Sometimes we're doing different things, but to be in the gym together, I really enjoy that time. And I think, you know, maybe couples that eat together, stay together. Pray together, stay together. Pray together, stay together, and work out together, stay together. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to do two questions. Speaking of eating together, they want to know if we do date nights. We had a date night last week. We do. So so this is something we have to do do a better job of. We need to do a better job of it. Because... um, so I started to do the the bottom line. It's on Fox Business, and it's from six to seven. If you haven't watched it yet, you should. Um, but that means that either Rachel has to come to the city, and we'll go out after, or when I get home, we have to meet out, right? So that's or we could do it on the weekends. That's we Monday. That. That's Monday through Friday, and then Rachel gets up at two forty-five on on Saturday morning, two forty-five a.m. on Sunday morning for her show which means she has to go to bed early. So that makes it harder, but we can go out. We can do a yeah, 5 we, o'clock We could go dinner. out like old people and have Jello at 4 right. p.m. at the so we've, nursing home. We probably get a date night once um, 
once a month. a month. Yeah, but like the Bonginos, like again, I, I, a lot of things they do, they do well, and they're in a different phase of their lives. Yeah, their kids are a lot older. But they do date night once, uh, once a week. Yeah, um, they're really and they're really sticklers. About they're it. really you know adamant about it. Um, they they don't they don't break that. They don't take calls during it. They do their thing, and I think it's been it's been really good for us to hear that because we would we would plan it and then things would get in the way. And so now we're not quite as we're not at the stage of our life where we can actually really be committed. Like every Thursday we go to, out to dinner or every Friday, but. We do try and, and, and fit it in. And, and one of the things that's great about the fact that we work at the same job is when we are in the building together, and it does occasionally happen, we'll either have lunch together or, or have dinner together because we're both in the city. But here's the just uh, uh, though we not, may not schedule date night where we get out. So the, the, our older kids leave the house at, at 6.50 in the morning to go to school. We get Valentina then up, fed, dressed, and she gets on her little bus to go to uh, uh, services at about 8.15. And then we'll sit down and have coffee together for a half an yeah. hour, 45 minutes. It's, a day. it's kind of a coffee date. Coffee date. We so do. We, we Every morning we have coffee together. And a lot of times we'll get the kids to bed and go, like, let's let's hang out together. We'll, yeah. So, so we spend a lot of time talking. with. Like I, I like her. I like to hang out with her. <laughs> Um, and a lot of times we're going in different Ditto. directions, and we have to make sure we're staying on top of each other's yeah. lives. And which, by the way, that's ways, really I think is, important for us, and we, I think for every couple, is to really stay connected like that. And we've always talked about we don't want to lead separate lives. Leading yeah. separate lives is very dangerous for your marriage. Yeah, you want to lead the same life and share your lives with one another, and the people that you associate with and, and are at work or friends, and we live our lives together. Yeah, we'll have more of this conversation after this. Since the 1970s, working-class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. This is a really deep question. We might have to do one question after this because this one's a really deep one. So this person says, um, I just recently started um, bringing up all of your episodes. Um, I personally feel like Rachel and Sean are couples goals and family goals. Okay, so enough about the gushing. Hopefully, I'm not too late to ask this question. How would both of you react or handle it if one of your children said they felt like they were born in the wrong body or had feelings for someone of the same sex? Interesting question. It is an interesting question. Um, go, so I, I'll just bring up on the trans issue in particular. I think we are living in a time where if my child told me that they thought they were in the wrong body. What we're living in a time where we're being told by the culture that 
the compassionate thing to do is to affirm that and tell them that gender affirm that and tell them and get them on the path to changing their gender. Um, I do not believe that that is the compassionate, responsible, parental thing to do at all. Um, there is pretty good data now on like 90 some percent, um, well over 90 some percent of children who express some sort of gender um, dysphoria or, or questioning will grow out of it. And so this idea that you can take someone 7, 8, 10, 16, you know, even 17 or 18 and affirm that when they might grow out of it and put them on a path to, you know, mutilating their bodies, um, taking hormones that will make them infertile later or make them have osteoporosis because their bones don't grow or, you know, on the case of men, I mean, their penises won't grow. And if they decide to change back and they change their mind, I mean, these are mm. lifelong massive implications. And so um, I believe that I would be compassionate. I think I would be, at this point, educated enough. I'm educated enough to know that there is a social contagion factor to this, that there are forces in the culture, um, in the school, and social media that are pushing kids towards this, pushing them to wonder whether... I just saw a study last week, Sean, I think I showed it to you, that says one in four children uh, today, high schoolers, believe that they are either um, trans, non-binary, or gay. Right. These numbers do not make sense at all. Um, it's There's clearly something happening in the culture. There's clearly forces that are pushing children at, 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 this, at this stage to question. And so my answer to the trans, in short, is I would love them. I would get them help. I would assume that the chances are that they are just, at this moment, confused and I would certainly not have them make any um, physical changes that are permanent um, and life-changing. On all these issues, are, is this coming from their heart, or are they picking this up on social media? Are they picking it up at school? Are they picking it up from their friend group? What kind of what is driving my child? Um, and again, is it internal or is it external um, as a driving factor? But I think you mentioned something really important. No matter what. I'm going to love my kids. Of course. No matter, you know, whatever. I mean, this is what parents do. You, you love them no matter what. You try to help them navigate and think through and structure. And those are all really important as parents. We're guides. Yeah. We're chaperones. We're advisors. And we would do that for our, our child. I think, again, if you look at, you know, stats, those who would say they're born in the wrong body, that percent is very, very, okay. I mean, minuscule. Gay is a far more... A common. prevalent common mm -hmm. um, occurrence compared to transgender, and I guess I, I would, yeah, we, I, would, I would love and, and help yeah. navigate. I would, I would love my child um, th through through all of it. Um, I would always, in in the end, um, again, I think I think it's really important. I think what's tragic about this the trans situation is that now there, as we would make, I think, a really loving decision, Sean, to help this person, help our child work out whatever is going through, that there are forces now saying that I should not have my child, um, that, 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 that there are teachers now, we had some on, on our show just last weekend, who are being punished by their school districts for um, wanting to tell or telling the parents 
that the school is transitioning their child, you know, through use of pronouns or even through medical drugs. I mean, this idea of separating the child from the parent um, is a real thing that's happening. And it's a Marxist-driven ideology to separate children from parents. And just by the way, yes, yes, yes. You and I. This is one of the reasons why we send our children to a classical Christian school is because we don't want these themes and ideas to be driven from the school system into our kids. And if there's issues with our kids, we're going to partner with the school to figure it out as opposed to the school system. Actually, I'm not going to partner with the schools. No, this is my no, no, no. decision to make as a, part, not, as a parent. Not, that's not what I said. If there's problems in the school that the school recognizes, I'm going to be part of the conversation. They're going to reach out to me and they're going to tell me what's happening. Oh. Right? Where in the public school system, there could be some very dangerous things happening. And they're like, we're not going to tell mom and dad. We're just going to encourage, incentivize, and push you on what could be a very destructive path. And so at least I have a school system where my kids are at, where our kids are at, that's willing to go, hey, this is what's going on. And you I'm know what's interesting, Sean? I, I agree, and 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 you. I I didn't mean to call you on that because I know that we both say we don't yeah. we don't co-parent with the schools. Uh, we don't no. co-parent with the government. We're the parents, and we're in charge. But one of the things that's really interesting because we have all of our kids in a, it, our elementary and high school kids are in a classical Catholic academy, but Valentina goes to a public school. Yeah, and it is very interesting to me how different our presence at the school. So. And I know they use, like, school shootings and all this stuff as as the reason why. I do not feel welcome um, as a parent. There are barriers to entering. Um, it just feels like I'm not allowed to have that access um, in the public school. I, I, I need to send Valentina there because that's where she gets services. And, frankly, the teachers and the people providing the services are amazing. But the way the rules and regulations and the sense of welcoming parents into the school, it feels like I'm sending her to a place that doesn't want me to be part of it. And I can sense that. And, and that's, no, that, that's no diss on the teachers who have been amazing to Val Valentina. These are the rules of the district. At our private school. And I understand why, though. I mean, the, I, you, there's you, some reasons why. I'm just telling you, the private schools are dealing with the same kind of security issues. But I feel like they are wanting me to see what they're doing. They're welcoming me in. They want me to see what's going on. It's a very different experience. And I think it's just cultural. You're putting me in a bad place because now I'm going to defend the well, public I'm, school Well, I'm going to just say, I think there's a cultural difference that when your child goes to a public school, we got this. So we got this. Here's the and at the other school, it feels like more welcoming. In, in the little Catholic school? The, the teachers, the person who works at, the, works at the front desk knows the parents. And, you know, if you come in, it's like, oh, that's Rachel Campbell Stuffy. She's coming in. I, yeah, I can see she doesn't have a gun on. At the public school, they don't have, I mean, there's a ton of kids, I a agree. ton of parents. And so if you walk in looking like you do, it's I, like, I just, I, I, I get I gotta, that they oh, need no, to process me, me, me through, Sean. But, but, but if you are allowed in because you're a parent and some other guy comes in in a trench coat and it's like, well, no, you can't come in, dude. He's like, well, I got, a, I got a student in here as well. I got a child in here as well. Then they're confronted with how do we treat parents differently by how they look and what they're wearing. And it gets it's to be complicated. complicated. And that's why I think there's a lot of benefits to going I, to a school outside of the public system, a little smaller, a little more classical, and a little more faith-based, maybe even a little patriotic. Yeah, and nice. again, I want to make that point. I understand the security system. And every time there's a shooting, the, the, the security gets 
more and I and I like it. I'm just saying the culture of the school n- not the process of getting inside the building and showing who you are and proving who you okay. are. Oh. I feel like there is a a an intangible feeling as a parent that it feels like in the public schools to me as a parent who experiences both that there is a the, your child is here, we got this. And when I'm in the private at the at the parochial school at the Catholic school, it feels like we're all in this together. Yeah. So it's just a different thing. Do you have one more question before we go? Okay, uh, let me yeah, let Let's me give one you more. one more here. She's she, we're live looking right now. I know. Um, I'm live at looking questions. At um, we're going to skip some questions and take others. But listen, by the way, I, we appreciate. Well, because you all. they're not all questions. Some right. of them are just comments. We appreciate you guys sending us. I do. Uh, your I really questions. do. What we're going to do is our third podcast every week. Uh, we are going to do Q&A. And so a lot of the questions today have come and they're questions about us and how do we do things. And um, I'm sure we'll get a lot of other questions on other topics uh, and we're looking forward to those. And so I, I was, we had a lot of questions about how do you guys do it? Who watches your kids? Oh, yeah, that's great. One. Right. And um, let's just send it on that one then. OK, so we have a studio in our house, right, that hooks up to Fox. So sometimes if you see Rachel on Jesse Waters, um, or you see me on um, Stuart Varney, we're at home, right? We're not, we're at our, at, the kids are upstairs. Sometimes you can hear the dog actually barking on TV like you do here, and it's really nerve-wracking. Rachel goes to Fox on the weekend on, for four hours on Saturday, four hours on Sunday. I go for my show at Fox Business um, Monday through Friday. So one of us is always, always at home. Now, there's sometimes that there can be a conflicting a, schedule, yeah. and that becomes really problematic. we got to f- navigate how are we going to do it and how long are we going to be gone? What is that gap? Who's going to pick up Valentina? Like, those things do happen. Um, but by and large, we, you and I are here together yeah. or And occasionally, if we have to travel together, whether because we're maybe going on vacation or we have had where, like, we're all going, we're going to the Patriot Awards together for Fox. We, we've had work stuff that we've had to do together. Um, what's great about having these adult kids is um, we'll fly Evita in, and it's great because the kids miss Evita and they want to see her. Or we've flown in Jack, um, yeah. our oldest son, to come in and and do that. Um, and same with Evita, uh, Lucia, who's now a freshman in college. Our kids, because they've grown up with so many other kids and, and helping and doing stuff, are super they know how to handle they're it, good. and they're they're like better babysitters than a lot of adults would, you know, other adults would be. Especially like for Avita, she can do her work from anywhere, right? She's a writer, right. so she's a writer, so, so she can come in. We can fly her in, and she can take care of the situation here. And our um, son, who's in high school, drives. So having kids that are, I mean, we have kids at like every stage of life. So we have kids that we have now have uh, four kids who drive. Um, next year there'll be a fifth kid who drives. So hi, that's super helpful. And then um, they're also very helpful. Like they've had to help a lot, and they've and they've been able to do that. Yes. Um, you talk about the schedule. So sometimes we're here, sometimes we're at the studio. Um, also, my parents have been throughout our marriage yeah. have been super helpful. If if Sean and I've gone on vacation when we were, you know, had had little kids, we would fly them. My mother h- hates flying. So if we could get the kids to my mom, she would take them for the year if we if we let her. Um, so we could go on vacation that way. Um, my my parents have also come up and take care and taken care of our kids before as well, which has been really helpful. Can I make a point of the range of our kids that you were talking about? Yeah. So we have one that's married, twenty three years old, and we have one in diapers. 
Yeah. Right, Valentina. We, by the way, that's a that's a project. You didn't ask that, but would she? We have to get yeah, her potty usually trained. Usually, they're potty trained by two or three, but not Valentina's taking a bit. Yeah. So we have a, we have a we have a twenty year range there, which some say it keeps us young. I'm not quite sure about that. Yeah. Can I say that you, you br- we brought up the diapers? So people sometimes think like, I how do you do all this? Well, I I think the secret is delegation, right? Like whether it's delegating some chores to kids to help out because we're a family and we're a team, we have to do that. Um, I have not potty trained one of my kids. <laughs> and that is because whenever a child was getting to two or three years old, my, me and my mom would determine what was the right, knowing their personalities, what was the right time to, you know, get them potty trained based on that particular child. Then I would fly them <laughs> to my mom's house and my mom would potty train the child. So I have never yet bought potty trained one child. Um, and now my mom is probably coming for the summer. So you hope. So I hope. And maybe we'll get Valentina finally. One of, one of the but story. that is one of the nicest, most amazing gifts that my mom has given me. Because she knows having she's had good. four. She's patient. She, But she knows having had four kids herself how busy and how chaotic it is to have as many as we had. And to her credit, she is the world's most amazing grandmother. And she has helped me in so many different ways. And potty training is one of the great gifts my mom gave me. One last quick story. So today, um, our two little ones, not Valentina, but the two little ones, um, they're, they're eight and six. And today, they stayed home because they have to go to the doctor. And so Rachel and I were doing something, and she says, okay, you two, unload the, the dishwasher, which they don't really unload the dishwasher, but it's part of well, saying— Well, yeah, Margarita does. But Patrick doesn't. Not so much Patrick, so, but he knows how but to. But they, uh, they're unloading the dishwasher, and then one yells out— should I pick up the knife? I could cut myself to the bone. <laughs> Leave the knife in the dishwasher. Just do the, the plates and the bowls but and the they, non-sharp silverware. But they cleaned the they whole well. kitchen. They cleaned the kitchen. This gotta, as best they could. You got to train your kids. Yeah. Right? They, did, the, they did well for a, a, an eight, almost nine, and, and six-year-old. There's actually a study that came out. Um, they, it, I, I saw this study 20-some years ago, and it never left my mind. They studied children who had chores and children who didn't have chores. And children who had chores were less whiny, um, were more pleasant to be around. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they become more self-sufficient and more confident. And so I've never felt any guilt about giving kids chores. And all of our kids have, I mean, if you told them, what's your memory of your childhood? They would say vacations, a cabin, and chores. <laughs> that, that's a pretty good mix. Yeah, yeah. Good. So listen, that's our Q&A session for this Friday. We'll um, pick up some more of them because there's so many. It was really hard to pick And send up. more to us. We would love to answer your questions. Um, again, whether it's politics or family or whatever's on your mind, uh, send them our way. Whether you want to do it on Facebook, you can find both of us or on Twitter I'll or put out another. I'll put out another note. Prompt, another prompt. I'll put another prompt for next week's. Um, these are fun. Yeah. I like doing it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the questions first next time, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to do a little better prep. Listen, thank you for joining us on our podcast, From the Kitchen Table. If you like our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. But you can also go to foxnewspodcast.com. Find us there. Apple. Where else? I don't uh, know. I don't know. Foxnewspodcast.com. Uh, Apple, Spotify. We'll figure it out. Figure you it out. Know. Find us. <laughs> like us. Subscribe. Please We subscribe. are tech savvy. That's right. That's <laughs> Until next week, you guys. Thanks All for right. joining us at the kitchen table. Bye, everybody. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. 
And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.